2: Oh boy. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Hey, I want to welcome all of you. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show talk radio to thrive by. Hey, you know what? This is, we're going into like the 15th year. We have actually a special 15th year anniversary that we're planning for all 'all, y'all, which is later this year. Uh, And it actually pinpoints the date, the date 15 years ago, the date that I said yes to this. And then, uh, yeah, opened my mouth and magically here I was with all of you. And so we have a little celebration, we've got lots planned, and we've got a lot that we're revealing uh, to all of you as listeners. Um, One of the things that you have said and shared with us is that all along the way, um, this is the kind of talk radio conversations that you wanted us to bring forward. And we've been changing it, we've been fine tuning it, uh, and created an entire network based on your feedback. And that is something we're excited about. And we're excited about sharing with you how we are moving forward in this direction in the honor and the spirit of all of you. And so we cannot thank you all enough and love your feedback. Uh, Two days ago, we got the upgrade to create our websites and redesign them with new technology. So you're gonna start to see us, we're gonna give ourselves a facelift. (laughs) We're not gonna have to pay, uh, uh, you, you know, facelift prices. So all of the above, you're so important to us. Um, One of you has given us a new name outside of calling me the Oprah of talk radio and Benny calling me Pistol Pack and Patty. Uh, Now you have called our network um, the Disney of talk radio and the Disney of podcasting. And it took me a while to figure out what you meant. And I actually emailed one of you back who doesn't want to be named, she who will not be named um, and asked, why is that so? And what you said was what today's show is about. You know, we're, we're bringing you two hours here on the Dr. Pat Show of storytelling. You know, the best of the best. And we're starting out with uh, a Varla Ventura's Paranormal Parlor. What does that mean? Go seances, tale of true hauntings. You know, many of you have heard me share my story of my first venture down this road. But beyond all of that, it's this idea of how we tell these stories. You know, we tell them with positive meaning, with life-changing effects and results. And that's what Varla has been doing all of her life. So today, get ready for this, you know, this fabulous author, this storyteller, this person that has been out there, you know, that has looked at the paranormal and said, hey, look, this is what's going on for real. And I want to share this with you. I want to tell you about these. I want to talk about that which is lurking about. And by the way, you know, it still happens out there how absolutely thrilled we are about what we're doing and how we're doing it and why storytelling is so important. Have you ever thought about for a minute why we are so drawn in to some of the movies and television shows that we are drawn into? Varla, it's great to have you.
0: Well, thank you for having me and congratulations on your anniversary. I enjoy your show so much and I am happy to be back and be a guest again. It's always an honor. Well, you know, this
2: is like, we got totally having fun. I love talking to you. <laughs> uh, it's like it's like come on. You know the world is so changing and it used to be if you if we go back in time, let's you and I do that for a minute if we could. We go back like let's go back maybe like 50 60 years ago. This idea maybe even longer when um we first started to see the kinds of storytelling that was happening through radio as well as television. And it was masterful. And it was about ghosts. It was about, I mean, can you remember when Hollywood decided to come to the forefront? The first movies were about, you know, what happens in the world, the storytelling, the occult. I mean, it was really interesting. Now, fast forward, right? What are some of the top grossing movies we have out there? What are they about? And, you know, when we think about this and we think about our lives and what's being presented to the public and what the public wants, the message is so clear. And it's a spiritual movement. It's a believement in something greater than ourselves. And I wanna ask you this, you know, what role are women playing and how have you incorporated that into your paranormal parlor?
0: Well, uh, well, it's very significant for women. Um, the uh, the the occult the the occult arts in general, but um, more specifically the spiritualist movement, which started in probably the late eighteen forties, and continued um, wholeheartedly until about the nineteen twenties or thirties. And this was a movement in, now people have always believed in life after death and spirit communication. Um, that's always been something that you know since the ancient Greeks we're dabbling in um, the oracle and ways to to speak to gods and goddesses and the beyond. but this movement specifically during a time when things were somewhat buttoned up in terms of a so- society especially in the United States and England where this movement was really taking place most heavily in the United States, you had women, um, in pretty limited roles in society. You could be either in the, you know, upper echelons, uh, because you married well, or you were born into a wealthy family, or you were, um, driven to a life of, you know, um, poverty, prostitution, um, uh, scullery maid things kind of of that nature. If you fell somewhere in between those and you had, you know, married all right, but you weren't, um, you know, and you weren't necessarily a working woman, you were very confined with what you could do. Um, there weren't a lot of professions for women. Uh, you know, you could be a teacher, maybe you might, as I said, you might marry well. um, Maybe you'd be like a barkeep, but there really weren't as many professions. And um, while there were women who were writing during the time, they certainly were writing in a man's world. And something that the spiritualist movement and the um, sort of the the psychic arts gave women was sort of a a way out of that, um, a way to gain some notoriety and a way to gain um, some fame and some independence and sort of, you know, put on it, whether it was um, taking a show on a road or channeling materials that were published into famous novels, it was a way to break out. And especially for women who are kind of in that middle class where you're basically expected to be a housewife, it became a very freeing movement.
2: But, you know, here we are today and congratulations on this book. And by the way, we're going to give away three copies of this Um Paranormal parlor, ghost seances and tales of true hauntings. And I love this because you can go and you we can we can take the trip down Hollywood Lane and create a Hollywood movie. But when we're talking about true hauntings and people read your book and how captivating you've written this, and you know, everything from looking at the Silver Queen Hotel and it, you know all the way to to any other place in any other part of the world in the country to the queens to the kings you know to average people we're talking about real experiences people have had with the paranormal and every time I say that Farla I mean this is the world you live in but the bottom line is it's like
0: omg right Yeah, and um, part of, so I've always loved a good ghost story. And I know we've had conversations before about some of those, like, early horror movies and comic books and things that we grew up on, um, you know, the Swamp Thing and Dracula and just all these kind of great, uh, iconic, cultural influences. Um, So I've always loved reading ghost story collections, um, hearing people's experiences And so this book is a combination of uh, experiences that people had told me. Uh, In some cases, I went after particular individuals and asked them to share people who I'd been on on their show or we had had conversations before. And then I also threw in a couple of kind of classic ghost tales and then probably for the first time I really at length explored a lot of the experiences that I had had and I just kind of tried to relate them um, in parts throughout the book with experiences that others had had and the funny thing is that when somebody would tell me a really profound and even somewhat frightening paranormal experience I like there was this part of me that was like oh, I'm kind of jealous I've never really had anything quite like that and then when I started really kind of putting to paper some of the things that I had experienced. I realized that I had a few more paranormal experiences than I had really given myself credit for. And um, so I kind of was able to put some of those stories down for the first time and explore that along with just traveling around the world and going to haunted hotels and haunted uh, cemeteries and places like that where there are these legends. So it's a combination of all of those things together.
2: Wow, we got a lot to talk about. One of my favorite, one of my favorite talking about stuff, a Ouija board, one of my favorite talking stuff. You know, why is it you mentioned a Ouija board and most people will not bring it out of their closets. And even if they have one in there, uh, guess what? They're not going to tell you about it. What is it about the paranormal that so gets our attention? You know, what is it? What is it that captivates us so much about that? Could it be that majorities of us have had these experiences? Could it be that we have a knowing that is just like Varla, just like what's in the book? We're gonna give three copies of the book away, but we're gonna be talking about some of this. And why are we so fascinated these, these days with people that come back from the dead? Is it all about Michael Jackson's thriller, or do we know something? Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: Stay juicy. Tune in to Your Juicy Love with me, Una Drake, co-hosting monthly with Dr. Pat, and every second Monday at 12 p.m. on Transformation Talk Radio. My show, Your Juicy Love, helps you find the dynamic, life-affirming love you've always wanted. Transform your relationships and bring peace, joy, and juicy, juicy love to planet Earth. For more information, visit unadrake.com.
2: Darcy Pariso is your connection to spirit, energy, and healing. You can meet Darcy in person at upcoming events throughout Seattle. Do you have questions about your animal companions, yourself, or do you desire to communicate with loved ones on the other side? Darcy will connect you and get answers. Darcy can also work with energy healing to help you and your animal companions feel more balanced and recharged. Visit DarcyPariso.com events. This is Debbie Pokornik with a moment for standing in your power. Self-control begins with noticing how different feelings present themselves in your body. When you're feeling sensitive, for example, your chin might quiver, tears might well up in your eyes, and your voice might catch in your throat. Anger, on the other hand, might appear as tension in your jaw, back, or arms, along with clenched fists, heat in the upper torso, scowling, and a strong desire to yell. (laughs) The more aware you become of your body cues, the easier it will be to recognize when you're on the road to disaster. Choose the emotions that cause you problems, then start noticing and logging the body cues that come with them.
1: For information and to work with Debbie, visit EmpoweringNRG.com. That's EmpoweringNRG.com. Dream on, fly high, and live adventurously on The Laura Meeks Show. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Laura Meeks guides you in finding your unique gifts and bringing them to life. As a certified life coach, speaker, and veteran bomber pilot for the U.S. Air Force, Laura knows how to follow a dream. She is ready to support you so you can dream on, fly high, and live adventurously. For more information on Laura and her work,
0: Visit flyhighliving.com.
1: Are you ready to attract abundance, release stress, look and feel younger, all from your smartphone? Get Pure Light, a free mobile app with audios that transmit powerful frequencies to shift anything in your life. Created by some of the world's top energy healers, these audios have created miracles, often quickly. Enjoy the latest in conscious technology and download Pure Light today. To find out more, visit purelightaudio.com.
2: Oh my God! Is that the theme from Halloween?
1: Uh, no, The Exorcist, but close.
2: Oh, The Exorcist. <laughs> oh, they're, they're <laughs> kind of close, right?
1: Uh, yeah, but they're I'll grab that one too for you, Beth.
2: Oh, like uh, you know that. Oh, oh my gosh! I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, we can't even talk about what what Halloween did for that holiday, that movie, what the movie Halloween did for that holiday is exactly what Jaws did for people who never went into the ocean, ocean again <laughs> right. after seeing that. Um, but, t- but today, we're talking about, you know, the things that we know. You ever stop for a minute and look over your shoulder, ho- shoulder? You have a funny feeling, you know, that you're not alone in a room. Varla Ventura is joining us here today with her Paranormal Parlor, Ghosts, Seances and Tales, of true haunting, fabulous book. Can you give a copy of this away right now? one 800 930 2819 one 800 930 2819 The questions that I have for you are like never-ending. You <laughs> I'm just always amazed. I mean, I sit and I read these books, and I have to, I forget for a minute that I'm actually reading this because I know we've got this interview but I'm like right there, you know, I'm right there, whether it's being right there, you know, in the middle of reading the experience of of the Ouija board story, or reading about the Fox sisters, or uh, uh, about the startling seances. Of course, where? In San Francisco, where else would they be? (laughs) You could see it happening in San Francisco, right? But we have these stereotypical views of how ghosts and seances and tales of true hauntings, of how they show up. So, you know, if you are sitting in a house in New Jersey and you are like me in the Bronx and you see things that you can't explain, it's not as easy to really represent yourself. But here you are bringing true stories to life. Here's what I wanna ask you, I want to ask you two questions. I mentioned the Ouija board, but before we do that, first copy of the book, give it away. 1-800-930-2819, 1-800-930-2819. Um, here we go and we're sitting and we say Ouija board. And honestly, you could pretty much clear a room. How did the Ouija board get that wrap? And is there any truth to the fact that we should be a little bit cautious with the Ouija board? Or is there discovery that can happen just like you found?
0: Or both? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a little both I mean for one thing that um comes to mind when we wonder why people immediately kind of cringe and it is a it's pretty common that people will go, oh, I've never used that, or I used that once and they had a strange experience. And the thing is, is we're so fascinated with the afterlife and life after death and what happens when we die. And here is this tool that points to letters on, on the alphabet and spells out words and can say yes and no and goodbye. And um, that is giving a voice to something that we can't see. And I think that is what adds that sort of element of terror or fright. Just like sometimes you hear the, now we have EVP recordings. This was like the original EVP recordings where you could get an answer to something. Uh, Now, some people, I have had so many people tell me experiences both negative and positive. My general belief is that it is like any tool. When used, um, you know, it can be very effective, Um, When used responsibly, (laughs) like any tool, I've never been a person who would walk into a haunted house and scream at a ghost to talk to me. Um, You know, I believe that if a spirit wants to communicate with you, they should do so on their own terms. You can't really, you know, boss them around. And there's a couple of very popular shows of uh, kind of, you know, yelling at ghosts, sort of like, okay, (laughs) that's one approach. uh, But I don't, but I have had a few eerie experiences with the Ouija board. So I do understand where people are coming from when they say that it, it frightens them or they would never do it or they think it's evil. I don't believe a board can be evil. However, I have written about in the, in the past and learned about many objects that are haunted objects. So certainly things can hold energy, but the strange thing about the Ouija board is that it most often works and, um, I just ha- had, I, I did it a bit when I was a kid, we had a board and I used to do it with my sister and I just called her up the other day and said, Hey, you know, do you remember doing this? Cause I have really vivid memories of doing this. She said, Oh yes. And I remember being very frightened. I didn't remember being frightened. I remember being like kind of surprised because I just thought it oh, was she pushing it. And she insisted she wasn't. But one thing I do remember And I haven't done it much as an adult. Um, But one thing I do remember is having a little bit of the thought of what the answer was going to be before it came. And that made me start wondering if, at least with some people, there wasn't a certain element of um, like sort of psychokinesis happening with the spirit board. And, and I think that that is why, in most of these instances of the paranormal parlor, that what they would do is they would host this seance. But you always had to have a medium, and the medium was the conduit. So without that medium, you wouldn't be able to actually achieve the contact. Now that, while in some cases people were putting on shows, it, it makes a lot of sense if you think about it, because whether it's psychokinesis and somebody's actually just like moving it with their mind... Or if somebody is actually the conduit to a, um, an entity, it makes sense that you would have somebody sort of responsible there to guide the situation. Just like in any ceremony you might go to, whether it's a religious ceremony, a pagan ceremony, you usually have... A priest, a priestess, a guide, somebody who is leading the ritual, and and seances are are the same. Um, often it's just two people who are doing the Ouija board. But the other thing is that it became sort of a household game. I mean, you can buy one in Target. So there's something about taking this element of common um, paranormal activity and just putting it on your shelf next to Scrabble that really, I think, disturbs yeah. people's, um, sensibilities. Um, and, and they do, and I'll, I have had a lot of people tell me that they think, you know, Ouija boards are evil and that they are the work of the devil. I personally do not believe that. Um, you know, I believe that it, it, it it's an object, and you can. It's a tool. It's just like a crystal ball or any other form. And it, but those things have to be used responsibly. You know, someone could say they're reading your tarot cards, and they could pull cards, and someone could pull a card trick on you. It all falls in that same realm. And I'm not equating that with being, you know, negative or positive. I'm just right. saying that's. I feel that. Um, it does get a bad rap. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, I, what I love about talking about these is that, you know, we're all fascinated by various ghost stories or ghost phenomenon. You know, the movie The Sixth Sense, I did think, did more for our understanding and surprise in a very kind and gentler way. But, you know, every day there is someone that is experiencing something and similarly, To the stories that you have in the book. Um, But don't you find that it's hard for people to stop and say, wait a minute, you know, I, I just had this experience. Do you find women are more open to having paranormal experiences uh, than, than, than men, or does it not matter? I mean, clearly if you watch the X-Files, the women, the, the woman, the female character in that movie is like the skeptic, but what's your experience? And is it that women come through more in bringing messages forward?
0: Um, The only thing I think that makes a difference is sort of the inherent communication style and that women do tend to be more um, open with talking about their emotions and their experiences. And so they do share a little more readily, but I would say that in, and including the contributors to my book, actually majority male. So I don't think it's necessarily male or female. I Mm -hmm. think anyone can have Second sight, anyone can have that gift and have that experience. Um, how you react to it can be quite different. Uh, I do think that, as I said before, you know, that, that the psychic arts do tend to attract women because it does give you uh, a way to. I mean, many, many psychics and, um, you know, even people who read, you know, read cards professionally, they, they, they naturally want to help. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a, a healer role. And you find that with um, people who are sensitive in general, male and female, that they 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 have a certain, um, they feel a duty or a responsibility to share what they know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the more that I do this and the more stories I share, the more I just, I get calls from all walks of life, people who, the one thing that's more consistent than gender mm-hmm. um, is that. And and I think that this is a great element to any good ghost story. Anyway, is that nine times out of ten the person telling the story didn't believe until they had that experience, and that's very very common. That whether people are sharing their first experience that sort of turned their their minds open, or um, that that's sort of just the 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 most uh, significant experience that they that they had had. Yeah. And sometimes that's the only experience. And yeah. it almost always starts out with, I never believed this until. I don't generally believe in this stuff, except those are kind of like really common. And even if you look back at some of those perfectly beautifully written, you know, like Victorian ghost stories, the, the protagonist is never a believer. He's a skeptic. That's why he's staying overnight in the haunted house. So it, it, it just kind of, it makes sense that both um, in terms of the tale of a ghost story, but also people's experiences. And, and the other thing is, um, and this happens to me, when, when I've had paranormal experiences, when you're having that experience, you very rarely sit there and say, I am talking to a ghost. You just experience it. You might rationalize in every way that you can, that this is not trying to find a a reason that you're hearing these sounds or feeling these feelings. In that moment, you're not necessarily frightened. You're just trying to be logical and experience. So you're just sort of naturally experiencing. It's after the fact when you start processing the fact that you realize that's when the fear kicks in or when you're retelling it, you realize, wait a minute, that's, I mean, very simple example. I have a story in the book about I'm, I'm laying in bed and I feel it's, that feels like a cat climbs on my feet and kind of presses the blankets down. Right. We've all kind of, we know that feeling and I'm thinking, oh, it's so nice. And then the next thought is, oh, I don't have a cat. And then that repeated two or three times where it was like somebody was sitting on the edge of my bed. But the very first thought I had was, oh, that's nice, the cat. And then I, oh, I don't have a cat. (laughs) Okay.
2: Oh, my gosh. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we're ready to share some stories. And yeah, uh, I'm going to ask Barla to go through and give us a little sneak peek, some snippets from her fabulous book, Paranormal Parlors: Ghosts, Seances, and Tales of True Hauntings. And for those of you out there, you want to chime in, you got a story, you got a question, 1-800-930-2819, 1-800-930-2819. And we love to give copies of the books away. Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back.
1: Take your own journey with the Angels with Claire Candyhoff's Heaven Sent Guided Angel Meditation CD, Letting Go of Concerns and Living in the Now. This beautiful CD walks listeners
0: through practical exercises to help free them from the burdens, worries, and concerns of daily life. Walking a quarter of the way across the bridge, you see a
1: bright emerald green light and sense a loving presence.
0: This is Archangel Raphael's green healing energies, nourishing and revitalizing you. Take a moment now to bathe in this green healing light.
2: Giving you much more than just relaxation and stress release, this wonderfully narrated CD provides vivid visualization, soothing and inspiring music,
1: and an angel's choir that will bring you peace, clarity, and a newfound awareness. Visit
0: AngelHealingHouse.com today.
1: Interested in deepening your spiritual practice? The School for Esoteric Studies offers online training to spiritual seekers from all paths of life and individual coaching. Our courses synthesize Eastern and Western spiritual traditions based on meditation, study, and service applied to everyday life. To learn more about our courses and services, please visit www.esotericstudies.net. Defining success and putting minds to work. With the Higher Learners Career and Leadership Series, Rudy Racine will help you craft your personal definition of success, offering support and guidance as you move forward towards your goals. Take the leap. With the right mix of focus and motivation, anything can be achieved. Tune in every first and third Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 Eastern, and for more information on Rudy Racine and Higher Learners, visit Rudy's site at HireLearners.com. That's H-I-R-E Learners.com.
2: Knowledge Book Radio with Marge Fantastic has a special gift for everyone out there. To receive three chapters of the Knowledge Book as a special gift send your email to mmjp99 at gmail.com. That's Emma's in Mary, Emma's in Mary, jp99 at gmail.com now to receive this fabulous, fabulous gift of the knowledge book.
1: To find answers to life's questions, you need to look within yourself. Dr. Glenna Rice brings your questionable conversations on Transformation Talk Radio each month. Tune in each month for insight into how you can live up to your full potential. Dr. Glenna is a physical therapist, certified access consciousness, and access body class facilitator. How does it get any better than this? For more information on Dr. Glenna Rice and her work, visit glennarice.com.
2: That's right. For those of you out there, you hear that song, everybody on the planet, when they hear that opening riff to that song, I mean, I know, I know everybody out there knows what that's about. Uh, we have copies of Varla's incredible book to give away. I'm not even sure which part of it we're going to talk about because there's so many things in here I do want to talk with her about. Uh, But before we do that, Varla, it's real super important that we tell people how they can get a copy of the book and find out more about you.
0: Oh, thank you. Yes, you can visit my website, which is myname.net. So it's varlaventura.net. And I have links to all the books and um, upcoming interviews and um, the rare appearance. I have a couple speaking engagements this year, but um, mostly it's radio interviews and excerpts from the book and where to get the book.
2: Sweet. Um, also, how about social media? How can we follow you on the social media of social medias? <laughs>
0: so I'm on, all the, I'm on all the social medias, but I really don't... don't um, I don't know, somebody set it all up automatically for me. So Facebook is really the only one that I yeah. dabble on. And that's just Facebook slash Barla Ventura. You can just type my name in. I believe I'm the only Barla Ventura on there. But I try and keep um, everything that I put on my website up to date on Facebook. In fact, often Facebook is more up to date than my website because, you know, added that extra step. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, so
2: let's talk about like the weirdness of stuff and why we get drawn to it. And I call it weirdness, but I don't think it is. Um, I was searching for some sports clothes, right? Um, Because I play table tennis and I play in tournaments from time to time. And I came across these yoga pants on some kind of website. And they're actually called Skull Printed Leggings. Now, why would somebody like me stop and even look at skull-printed yoga pants? I mean, that's like an oxymoron to even say something like that. <laughs> to be like, skull-printed street fashion leggings, yoga pants. Whoa. And then, you know, here I am with you today. There are so many places we can go in the book. You know, clearly, I've got a couple of my favorites. But I want to ask you this question. Out of what you've put in here, I want to know which of the stories that you want to share that not only surprised you, but may have had an effect on you personally.
0: So uh, there's there's a lot of different directions I could go with that. Uh I'll tell you my favorite chapter, and my favorite chapter is the third chapter, and that's the collection of sort of what we touched on earlier, it's a collection of seances and famous sort of um, events and people during the spiritualist movement, mostly women, um, a few interesting characters, and some kind of remarkable stories. So for me, that, that combination of the history of the psychic arts along with these sort of remarkable stories, and as I Learned about one character, then I would, you know, stumble into the story of another of another character. For example, um, Isaac and Amy Post, who were this um, sort of, you know, upper middle class uh, couple who were very open minded and frequently hosted seances and. Um, uh, had people sort of, you know, in their, in their home. Well, it was also very interesting because they were abolitionists as well. And this was pretty common. People who were part of the spiritualist movement tended to have an open mind. And so they were very open-minded about race and um, the future of the country in terms of laws and slavery and women's rights to vote. So you would find, you know, you women's right advocates alongside these um, people who were hosting, um, you know, seances. And so what I love about Amy and Isaac Post is that in the same home, in the same parlor where they had the Fox sisters and had um, these kind of famous seances and paranormal parlors, they also hosted Susan B. Anthony and Frederick Douglass. So it's just such an interesting time in the country that that these things would sort of overlap that's not to say that it was always the case right. and um and the other thing that's interesting is that the spiritualist movement was not uh, against or in any way opposite of what was most common like like the most commonly practiced form of Christianity. many people were Christians or Catholics and had this belief and it didn't they didn't see it as like what I'm doing is evil, and what you're doing is is right. you know they would go to church on Sunday and then they'd go to a, a seance on Saturday night. So, I found that kind of interesting and just sort of discovering some of the people who were involved in that movement and and their their um, uh, their other lives, I guess, what else they were known for?
2: Well, I you know what's what I love about having this conversation with you is, you know everything is so relatable, especially to the time we're living in now. Um, you know, when we're thinking about um, what it is we're so interested in, what's fascinating, you know, to us, uh, we then get to step out of our day-to-day routines of things and really take a journey, take a walk down uh, of, you know, something that would get our interest, that would get our attention, that would have us stop in a moment of awe. And I want to talk to you about two things. One is there there is a contingency of people that look at these stories And, you know, see scary, scary, scary. Uh, There might be another contingency that look at these stories and what's revealed and say, wow, a revelation. What can I learn from this? How do we resolve the conflict between what some people may call contrasting energies about the way we feel about ghost and ghost stories? And do you have examples that we can talk about with the revelation part? of
0: those. Well, one one thing that also happens and I think I mm-hmm. fall into this category, I find things scary but I like it. Ah! So, I think that there's a huge huge selection of the population regardless of beliefs um that really like the entertainment value of being I actually read this hilarious study that said watching a horror movie burns more calories than watching <laughs> like a romantic comedy <laughs> because you're on the edge of your seat right so you're just kind of what's going to happen next and so I think just as many of us you know there are people who like roller coasters and there are people who don't and I think that oh, yeah. a lot of the stories uh, you know especially things that fall in the in the genre of Ghosts and hauntings and haunted houses and haunted places and you know going on ghost hunts those sorts of things kind of fall more under that um, that umbrella of uh, there's a certain level of entertainment to that and um, but I agree that on the on the deeper side there are you know and and I found when you're putting together a book about these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. You can't, you, you actually don't put in everything you hear and everything people share because even I get stories sometimes that I'm not entirely sure if the person really had that experience or uh, is telling me not, you know, I mean, and it's all subjective. People's own truth is subjective, but sometimes you get things and you're just think I don't know if this person's just telling me this because they want me to reply to them or it, there's got some other kind of. So sometimes the stories just don't. I I actually can kind of explain them away, and that that's not to say that I dismiss people's experiences because everybody's is individual. But you know you can't put everything, and you right. you have to look at um, some of these stories and think in what is the credibility to them. Uh, but at the same time, there is something to the idea, and and that that spiritualist movement is really kind of key to that understanding because that prior to that we didn't have a a um it wasn't as acceptable to consult a fortune teller or uh things of that nature and if you're thinking about the times in which it became popular you have Victorian and Edwardian times um into like through through the civil war and into um, you know, the very kind of kind of ended after World War One was when this movement was really the most popular. Yeah. Prior to World War, II. and so you have people who are looking for answers not just in terms of life versus death, but the world at large, right? Those were very very changing times. Industrial Revolution, all kinds of things were happening on a planetary level that you know just in terms of history that we're changing the face of how we interact as as people now we have that again and we really kind of started having that especially in you know there are certain certain times throughout history but say the 2000s when the internet really started to become a household thing and now we have you know little little computers in all of our pockets and so we oh. have a different way of communicating And so there's a whole other kind of, um, there can be an oversaturation with that. And so when you have an oversaturated culture, you have a tendency to try and turn back to the simpler things. And what could be simpler than sitting around a fire and telling a ghost story? I mean, you got all your elements and you're going to draw everyone in and you're going to cling to each other and you're going to light the candle instead of the, the overhead fluorescent light. And you're going to kind of, bring it back. That is something that is consistent throughout that, that fascination, um, you know, it ebbs and and flows and we have all of our supernatural creatures, but the good old fashioned ghost story, it doesn't matter if you believe it doesn't matter if you're a skeptic, if the story's told well, you're captivated. And that's um, to me, that's really significant. I find that with folk tales as well. It's, it's that suspension of doubt that makes you believe even for just that moment. And yeah. I, and that is, is I love that.
2: Yeah, I, and you know, part of this, and we'll go ahead and skip the break, part of this too is really seeing that how more than ever these stories are not just about stories, but they are ways to open up a door to insight. And I want to ask you about that. You know, sometimes we... Um, we hear about stories and we wonder, why am I seeing this? I mean, you know, Linda and I have talked about, you know, our own version of waking up one night and seeing someone standing at the foot of a bed. You know, in my case, I walked into, as a young child, our place in the Bronx that was, my dad used to lock that place from the inside out. There was only one way in and one way out. And, you know, you had to have the key to the back doors and if they weren't open. And I remember one day I walked in and I could see this almost like a sepia version of a family, a man with a hat, a woman and a young child. And they were as real to me as could be. And I was so in awe of it and then got scared. And I called the I went to my neighbor. The police came. Everybody came to the house. There was nobody in there when there was nobody In there, and there was no way for whoever might have been in there to get out, and there were no signs of them. And I can see those three as if it were yesterday. And yet, I've always asked myself, why? Why did they show up there for me? you know, is there a message? Is there something? Was it just to have me be somebody that grew up more open to things? And I think that's where we want to find out answers. You see what I mean? It's not just about Mm -hmm. scary movies. It's about there might be answers. And I want to, would you talk to that for a minute? Are we being shown so that we can learn
0: yeah, like that transformative moment where you know that you cannot explain this away, and um, and I, I and that happens time and time again. And there's a there's a belief that in order for someone to become a healer, mm-hmm. they have to go through some sort of grave illness or experience some kind of major transformation. And um, I think that that's very true with the ability or the experience with the paranormal that in order to, it does change who you are fundamentally, because if you can't explain that, you realize that you don't have the control (laughs) that you'd like to think you have. Yeah. You don't have control over, you don't have all the answers, and you can't explain that away. And I do think, and it was very common, especially in, you know, um, 15th, 16th century Ireland, to really honor people who could see the fairies. And it was very, like, integrated into life. Okay, you had the second sight. Um, We have never really had that experience in Western culture in in the United States. I think that, you know, Aboriginal and Native culture has had that and does have that. And, of course, our Western culture tries to um, hold on to some of those teachings But we, as a, you know, modern culture, we don't always have that understanding of not understanding. And again, you know, we have uh, our computers in our pockets. So we want, you can't think of an answer, you Google it. So there's something, right? So there's something about, you, you can't stand that frustration of not knowing. And for some people... It's a very humbling experience. For me, the, the experiences I've had have been very humbling because as a collector of these types of stories, it's always very humbling to have that reminder that this is real because you can get lost in the research, you can get lost in the storytelling, and you forget that um, this is a very real experience. For some people, it's very frightening. I have been told very frightening stories. I've uh, been lucky in that my experiences have not been any more frightening than, you know, getting a little bit worked up about it. But I've had people who've, you know, been followed by shadow creatures as children. I mean, all kinds of, all kinds of experiences that are, um, that are very frightening, but I do try and I, whenever anybody, you know, writes to me and says, especially like I do get, I have a, um, a fairly young audience for a lot Mm -hmm. of my, Material, You know, there's there's quite a few teenagers who are interested in like weird facts and stories about mermaids and things like that. And so I do get from time to time, you know, um, messages from uh, pretty young people, I mean, teenagers. And I, I, you know, my main thing is just to remember that I think it is a gift. It's hard to feel that way when you are, when it scares you or you have turmoil about it but it's a gift, as you said, that changes your life. And it it gives, it does give you an ability to be open to something that, um, is beyond. And, uh, you know, I had a very good friend when I was in my twenties who he heard voices and he Uh had been, he had been, you know, kind of tormented most of his life because he felt that he was borderline somebody. If he, he couldn't tell very many people because he thought he, could potentially be institutionalized, right? Right. But but he didn't hear just any voices telling him to do anything. He heard voices of ghosts in specific places, in historic places. And he once told me that, you know, some people, um, the ghosts will gravitate toward other people have a certain energy that they, you know, the ghosts kind of just, it's like a resting spot. And then they move on so that you might not actually have the experience, but that you aren't, um, you aren't combative. And so I think that, you know, there's more than just one kind of experience. There's more than just seeing. Sometimes you hear. Sometimes you feel. Sometimes you're participating and not even realizing that. And and sometimes it will frighten you. Wow. Um, but, I, yeah, I mean, sometimes it can be. It can well, be
2: exactly. Scary. Exactly. Um, and, you know, part of this, too, is we stop for a minute and we get to think, about, you know, our lives and meaning. And I'll tell you, I've thought back at experience I've had like that. And, you know, what I've come to learn a little bit for myself is that I really do believe when I get an insight or get a, or or see something like that, I don't really question it. I ask the question, you know, what is it you want me to know? Because that seems to be my vis that seems to be what's happening for me. Like, what is it you want me to know? There's something that you want me to know that I'm not getting in my everyday learning and my everyday life. I'm just not getting it.
0: Um, Absolutely. It's yeah. like the secret language of signs, right? It's like, yeah. like paying attention to those little things that happen that, you know, you know and everyone can have, you're just thinking of someone and then they call you. Or you see a something on a, a billboard and it reminds you of somebody, and then you you run into them in the store later. You know those kinds of little things right. are kind of constantly happening. and um, I completely agree that you know, when you have those little they're like little hits, it's like a little mm-hmm. bit of insight, and it's good to think of them as a gift and and not dread them or fear them.
2: yeah, well, I gotta thank you for today. And again, I uh, want to ask you this last question. What's your personal message? And again, tell people where they can find out more about
0: you and get their own copy of the book. Well, you can visit me on my website. It's varlaventura.net, or you can find me on Facebook. It's Facebook slash varlaventura. You can get all my books anywhere books are sold. Um, so they're available in all the major retailers and brick and mortar stores. Um, and my newest book just came out June 1st, so it should be shipping. Widely, um, And my personal message, I mean, I just, I'm a lover of the strange and a lover of the, of the weird and the unusual. And, and I think, I guess my message is, you know, don't, don't fear what you don't know, <laughs> get to know it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> awesome thank you thank you thank you thank you so much for today thank you for all that you do and uh, much uh gratitude for you bringing these conversations to all of us in a really cool and fun way you know you really are a genius when
0: it comes to this and thank you for doing that well thank you pat it's such an honor and i really that that means a lot so thank you so much for having me You bet. We're going to take a short break, everyone. We're not done. We got more coming up here on the
2: Dr. Pat Show. We'll be right back. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.